0: All right guys welcome back to the coffee club monologues episode ninety nine point seven and part three of three uh, of the monologues for for the podcast I hope you guys have enjoyed the last two episodes uh, I know I have and uh, weirdly this was actually i think this was my idea that um, just kind of came to me one day we we're talking when we were in a pair and um, I was probably the least uh, likely to to suggest that, as you could probably um, guess for yourselves. That's uh, I'm probably the least likely to be able to spiel uh, for 30 minutes on my own, uh, but here we are, so uh, we'll just get stuck into it. Um, 99.7, coming from my house in, in New Zealand still, and to get us started, actually just quickly, we or I guess I, seeing as it's been three weeks, have a bean shout-out from some coffee club fans in Eugene. And they gave me these at pre. And they've come all the way to New Zealand because I came straight here. And these are from Thomas, Madeline, and Claire in Seattle. Age demographic, 25 to 29. Thanks for that. Uh, Herkama Coffee espresso blend so thank you guys for for bringing those out um i kept them all for myself seeing as i uh haven't seen Ole and morgan they're probably not going back to the us um so i got i got lucky on that one so thanks for those uh yeah so this is uh coming to you guys a few weeks um after after pre now and and this is probably my longest longest stint away from away from the pot i think we've all had um a week off here and there but um had a nice break from from what turns out is is everything uh everything in the running world including the podcast and so i'll try and go in a bit of chronological order go back to a bit of a recap of pre um as well as uh a little bit of drama that unfolded uh trying to get back to new zealand straight from eugene i'll fill you guys in and then uh a couple of couple of little life um snippets from from new zealand and then and then a couple of main topics to to round round the monologue out and uh and then we'll be yeah we'll keep it keep it generally pretty short probably hope you guys enjoyed and and uh looking forward to Looking forward to getting us all back together in in Boulder, and I actually don't know—is that next week? Could be next week, but possibly not till the week after. Actually, don't want to get don't want to get you guys hopes up too early. Um, but yeah, finish finish the season up a couple of weeks ago in Eugene, um, great spot <laughs> for the uh, for the pre classic. So the first first Diamond League final in on US soil and oh, it was it was a it was a really good trip actually and and generally a pretty a pretty good trip for the team uh i've uh, been at the last two diamond league finals in in zurich and um yeah it's a a pretty cool pretty cool way to end round the season out and i think a, a good conclusion to what I feel like we keep repeating on here is that um trying to bring more importance and and more hype to to what we call the regular season in, in track and field and uh, and trying to not take focus away from from worlds and Olympics as they will always be you know obviously they're always going to be the main focus of the year but but I think in the regular season is such a a good opportunity for for athletes and for for fans to to get involved you know. More during the season, uh, uh, you know, bigger number of events, and and um and so yeah, obviously that that's nice to have a, a finale to that at at pre, and I was able to qualify in the steeple, and um yeah, fly the flag for for the coffee club um that weekend, and yeah, good number of uh of oac fans and coffee club fans there i think there was a i remember hearing a, a textbook george chant uh during the race which i think is maybe a first for that which was pretty fun definitely um i'm sure i cracked a smile during the race for that so appreciate uh you guys getting that going if if any of you were there and um yeah i was on on day one of pre and for some reason they they love they love a day a day track meet in eugene you know what even worlds was was super early in the day for i'm in, i'm guessing tv tv reasons making it not so late on the east coast and possibly in europe but i still think it was probably pretty bad timing in europe but for whatever reason we're we're out in in full sun and mid to mid to high 80s i think um out there which which is is tough for distance running for some of us um you know shorter events and and obviously a, a 5k woman's world record the next day which was just absolutely ridiculous but um I'll, I'll probably just recap recap the steeple real quick um and i've honestly probably forgotten what happened and and most of the other events and and even my race i can i can barely remember it i went from you know ending the season to to getting away from away from the sport for for a couple weeks and and uh and barely thought about it which was kind of a nice feeling just getting away from it all and um and and having a having a nice mental break as well as physical but um i try and go back in in my memories but um Girma was never entered, and El Bicali scratched a couple of days, or maybe just the day before the race. So it felt like uh, felt like Monaco again, where for a for a minute or two there it it felt felt wide open, you know. From there was only one guy entered that that finished in front of me at Worlds, and um, you know, I thought there was there was true, really a chance um to to race for the win, which obviously. i'm always going into it thinking that but um gets more realistic when when the world record holder and um world multiple world champion and olympic champ uh are not in the race and yeah so so went into it pretty confident that i could um have a have a pretty good one things things went pretty smoothly the week after fifth dev um yeah, came came off that that mile pretty well and and was was ready to rip one last steeple for the season of um of the year and got into it we're in we're in a might be the, I wonder if anyone's ever steepled in a cat before that might be a first but it was bloody sunny and bright and I didn't want to have to like squint running up to a barrier so I went uh I went hat for the second time in a week after wearing one in the rain at fit dev so um that was pretty funny but yeah just got out there and and went normal mid to mid to back of the pack and um i think they were trying to pace eight minutes which obviously no one in the field had run which so that sounded a bit ambitious um but yeah just couldn't couldn't quite tack onto the the front few guys and um as it goes got a got a bit far back um kind of mid-race but but knew there was always a chance um to pick people up towards the end and yeah so was that guy from the monaco diamond league who who took off and, and won that pretty convincingly made a what looked like a pretty similar move here yeah, simon coach from from kenya and um he was i think i'd passed him in the the last straight at Uh, at worlds i think he was seventh at world champs but he ran away with it pretty convincingly and um i was able to have a a a pretty good last lap as as i as i try and do to uh pick up third in in the diamond league final and run 8 8 14 again or maybe for the first time but similar to what i ran at worlds and um yeah definitely not unhappy with it so Yeah, nice, nice way to end the season, picking up, picking up that place, and um, yeah, I think kind of going into it. Yeah, obviously, I wanted to to try and to try and race for the win, but I also just wanted to solidify a really good, really good world ranking um, for the end of the season, and I think just kind of represents a a consistent year. And I'm I'm always advocating to to make the world rankings. Even more important than than they've you know obviously they are for for qualifying, but even for for fans and for um for people following the sport, I think it's just such an easy an easy way to and a better way than seasons best slash personal best um you know the general fan can struggle to to know what what a time actually means for a season best or a personal best like is that good? Is their season best good because or not not good because they haven't tried to run a fast one this year or whatever reason, but everyone can understand a top ten in the world ranking It's, it's pretty simple you're top ten in the world then you know there's only ten of you there's only ten people in that in that group and that's just such a a nice way to to show um, what level what level of the sport you're running at so um I think I went into the race ranked ninth in the world and somehow came out still ranked ninth, which I'm obviously not unhappy with rank being ranked top 10 in the world was, was definitely something I wanted to wanted to get to by the end of the season, just um, as a nice marker of, of what we got out of the season, but also for, for next year and hopefully being able to get into um, a couple of bigger races earlier on and, and not having to uh to to run so many sea balls next year so um i just a, a tick in that box but um yeah felt like felt like maybe i'm i i could have got could have got a little higher than ninth but just the way the points work out um yeah for uh the, my my third place score and um was a fourth or fifth at or fifth at monaco i think and um just a bit lower than lower than some of those guys ahead of me but um that was a just nice thing to get out of the end of the season and um yeah just just putting the the last kind of last kind of check mark on on a pretty successful um first first season of of chasing and and yeah so that was the race and and i'd i'd actually booked a flight um back to New Zealand the night of the race seeing as it was a day race I thought I'd take that opportunity and uh and get out of there but um as the way things played out um it didn't go didn't go super smoothly so for some reason I was feeling I was feeling a little a little weird in the in the call room um right before the race I was Couple of times, where you stand under the the Haywood Field kind of the core room is below the stands in that super nice like indoor track part of the stadium. Probably seen photos where it's all green and you can do a couple of strides down there. And I kind of just stride down to the end of that that tunnel, and kind of felt like 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 I had to burp or something or like something's in my stomach, and that happened a couple of times and i i like threw up in my mouth a couple of times in the quorum which was which was pretty gross actually and a little concerning but i was i didn't feel like that bad and i just thought you know maybe i'd got the uh timing wrong or something of of a meal before the race and tried tried to think nothing of it and and fortunately didn't notice it again during the race and i don't think it affected me um, but but it was not ideal going and going onto the start line after that um but but it was all good during the race, and didn't notice it and then kind of a few minutes after the race back in back in the warm up area and trying to have a drink of water, just feeling like really i don't know, just a bit drained and um not like I'd run like I'd got super super dehydrated is maybe what I thought. It's like, all right, yeah, it was quite hot, tough race, end of the season, but but I really didn't actually I didn't feel that hot during the race and I, I didn't think that would have been an issue. And um but George Mills, who had an incredible race in the mile, he came out a few minutes later after their their mile race and and everyone was looking a bit rough having having just ran um you know all out race and in really hot and sunny conditions. And so I tried to think nothing of it and Tried to get some fluids in, but everyone was like, dude, you're so pale. Like what what's wrong with you? Why do you why do you look so bad? Um and yeah, I had no appetite and couldn't wasn't even really drinking that much and, and just feeling real shit for some reason. So everyone left and I was meeting up with Jenna, my girlfriend who'd, who'd come over to the race and jumped in the ice tub uh on the way out of the stadium. Which actually was game changer because I, I was like my skin was super hot and I was uh, feeling like like I was overheating or something and and that helped a bunch for for a few minutes, um, and so we had a, a couple of hours to get to the airport. Went back to the hotel, um, got packed up, and I just started feeling worse and worse. And I think it was at this point I was starting to think. That it couldn't just be from the race anymore. I was like, this, "This has gone on for probably three or four hours now." And since the race, I was like, "I didn't, I didn't run that hard. I wasn't that hot." And just before we were leaving the room, I was like putting on a hoodie, getting the last things, and I was like, "Man, I do not. I'm not feeling good. <laughs> like, I need to, I need to take some layers off." So, stripped off my hoodie, took off my t-shirt, and just. Threw up everything I'd taken in since the race, made it in the toilet, fortunately, um, and just puked my guts up for a few minutes until just dry heaving. And well, I was like, "Shit, that's that's uncomfortable." Didn't didn't enjoy that much, um, but whatever, move on, get to the airport, and feeling pretty rough in the airport, basically lying down like got to the eugene airport quite early it's small there's no one there lying down on the seats feeling like i've basically had no water essentially seeing as i puked everything up no food since the race been six seven hours i'm super drained Feel super weak and and just been basically useless um before getting on the flight and you know stumble onto the flight get to san francisco for a for a couple of hour layover um trying to drink some water and like ate some pretzels in, in Eugene, just trying to get something in, go to the lounge in San Fran and just, I'm like hunched over and thinking this is going to be the worst 10 or 11 hour flight ever, but maybe just try and get on and, and sleep it off and hope, hope I feel better. Um, hope I feel better, better in New Zealand. And, but you know, half an hour before the flight, starting to leave the lounge to to head to head to the gate and i gotta i gotta get to the bathroom again and throw up everything i've had since the hotel in eugene again just dry heaving everything out basically a whole bottle of water and some pretzels it was real gross barely made it to the to the toilet in the airport lounge so that was that was real rough um and so make it out of there where this is going get to the gate to fly to new zealand and my passport is not in my bag (laughs) and was nowhere to be found and so didn't get on flight to new zealand stuck in san fran uh for 48 hours which was not the way i wanted the uh the season to go. Or well, not the end of the season. I was trying to get out of Eugene real quick, straight to the airport. Um and maybe that's what I get for um for for trying to get out of there early and, and leave all my mates um in in Eugene. lost my passport for the first time ever, for the amount of travel um we do. It's kind of amazing. But um I wouldn't recommend it. It was apart from having an epic time uh, in Sacramento with, with, which we managed to get to, uh, with my best mates from, from college, which was a major silver lining, um, losing your passport, is super stressful and not very financially effective. Um, and just generally sucked big time as we're, you know, trying to, trying to make the most of, of the break in, in New Zealand and, um, but I, I knew that it was like when I went to grab it, I knew it wasn't in there. And fortunately, 48 hours later, figured out, or maybe probably less because we got out of there 48 hours later, but I, it had fallen out of my pocket, I think, in Eugene when I was curled up on the seats trying to, trying to not throw, throw my guts up um, in the airport. And, and luckily, it got handed in. Uh, at the airport and got to give a couple of shout outs here to legends for for getting my passport to san francisco Uh, hamish hamish Kerr, new zealand high jumper um and and good mate wouldn't couldn't have got back to new zealand without him uh picking up my airport in eugene and telling dathan and alicia that i'd lost it because i i had Kept that quite quiet from the team, thinking, you know, didn't need to get back on the group chat just yet. Um, seeing as the season was done and and feeling not <laughs> a little bit embarrassed that I actually hadn't got to New Zealand when I said I was going, so I'd kept that pretty quiet. Um, Hamish Kerr picked it up in Eugene, was going to be on my same flight to New Zealand that night through San Fran. His flight then. I'll wrap this up quite quickly. His flight then gets delayed eight hours from Eugene. So we're going to miss him in San Fran. Like He's going to get my passport too late to the airport. So plan B, find someone on the next flight out of Eugene. And he luckily finds uh, Curtis Marshall, Australian pole vault, um, bronze medalist. So he finds him and the legend he is, curtis brought my passport to san francisco for me Handed it to jenna through security at the gate and she came back out and gave it to me um and i managed to get get to new zealand 48 hours um 48 hours later which was honestly a bloody miracle i can't even begin to think about what i would have had to done what what have i would have had to do without uh a passport, mostly in the fact that I would have had to get either an urgent one or an emergency passport if it never showed up, and my U.S. visa is in there, and the U.S. being what it is, um, uh, not very kind about replacing that, and it would have essentially had to apply for a new visa, interview process, pay the fee again, go to Auckland, go to an embassy. Man, I don't even... I didn't want to know how much time that would have taken, what that would have cost. Um, yeah, definitely a lesson in and how to keep your passport on you, um, especially when you feel like shit and you're not you're not thinking straight. <laughs> so, yeah, that'll be the last time I um, touch wood, shit, touch wood. Last time I try and just keep my passport in my pocket in that kind of situation should have given it to jenna to look after look after um but that was my uh eugene summary which started out pretty well good race and then just a shocking couple of days or at least in terms of not knowing if i was even going to make it to new zealand for the break um or or even you know it, oh, it could have been could have been so much worse than it was, and ended up getting really lucky, and and only lost forty eight hours of of the trip, and got to New Zealand, got to the South Island for still five or six days, um with with Jenna, and had had a nice couple of days down there, and just totally switched off from from the running world and and running it all, and um yeah, beautiful beautiful part of the world down there, and then yeah, i been at have been at home. Mum, and dad's place for for the next week or so and and i've got a another week a week in new zealand still before before heading back to boulder getting back into it um so that's um yeah things have been pretty nice here a few um introducing jenna to a few more things on the farm um it's currently lambing slash carving season uh, in new zealand so um lambing in the spring When it you know into winter and and the grass starts to grow which is pretty crazy time on the farm um heaps of newborn lambs and and calves and and all sorts of um crazy shit happens basically when when animals are heaps of animals are having given birth out in out in the paddock and um so she's she's been able to feed feed a couple lambs um and a calf that get kind of rescued um from the paddock and in situations where where the mum for whatever reason can't can't look after a few lambs um and then they they get brought to the house and um we feed them for until they till they can get on grass which which is pretty funny um just mixing up milk powder and um and feeding that to tiny lambs and they're, they're pretty cute and um but they don't, they don't all they don't always all make it, and so um, <laughs> it was quite quite an eye opening uh, couple of days for Jenna, which was um, which was cool to share with her and a um, bit more bit more of what life is like in New Zealand, and and we planted planted a ton of trees for for a few days. a um, we we do do a big planting kind of thing that dad dad's got going on the farm we kind of plant hundreds hundreds of trees maybe thousands every year um in spots where we were not grazing and um yeah help help reduce my carbon footprint as well um for the year of how much flying i'm doing so um doing doing a bit of good out there as well and so it got pretty sore from doing that and and yeah just been been playing tennis and a and bun- bunch of random bunch of random activities out here so that's kind of that's kind of what's been going on since since the race and then um yeah a few more days here before before heading back in in time for in time for the gala two weeks today i believe it's come countdowns on we've got we got big plans, so um we'll continue to update for the next couple of weeks um getting into a couple of couple of other points before I've I've used up heaps of time. Sorry, I hope that wasn't boring, but um get into kind of a couple couple of things before before I let you go. And so a couple of things I want to talk about. First of all, I just wanna take take the opportunity without Ollie and Morgan here to to say like a big a big uh shout out and a big thank you for to those guys for for the last you know ninety nine point whatever episodes, um, I think the coffee club hopefully for each of us has been a pretty incredible outlet and has allowed us to reach a ton of new fans and hopefully brought a lot of joy um, to people in the sport and uh, it's definitely been been awesome for place for for me to be able to share a few more things that, than I normally would. Um, as I'm, you know, not super good at that already on on socials and and other things. So, um, just a big, big thank you to to those guys for making it possible for all of us to do that. And, you know, we keep showing up week after week and hopefully continue to do so. And, um, you know, each of them have now I've spent a few years with with both of them on on the team and living with them for a, a big portion of that. And and those guys are you know, pretty incredible friends and, and teammates and um if you haven't already somehow if you've ended up here without already listening to to Ollie's uh episode from last week I highly suggest that you do so. Um just incredible incredible courage from, from Ollie to to share that last week and uh tough tough episode to follow up so i'm not gonna try (laughs) i'm not gonna try and uh match what what he was able to do um for hopefully a lot of people last week um but i i will say um yeah sharing sharing is one thing if you if you are going through um some some mental struggles like ollie was but but equally if you're on you know the other side of that, um, which I feel like I was last year being, being really close with Ollie and and living with him and being on the team with him, um, I felt like I, I should have should have reached out earlier, um, or sh- more should have should have made a bigger effort when you know I, I did know he was he was struggling um, you know those of us close to him we all did and i think it's equally you know it's hard obviously to share that stuff but it's so that makes it important for for us to to go to them and and reach out so i implore you to do so if you you know someone um is struggling that's all that's all i'll say on it and yeah just really proud of him for for sharing that sorry um yeah so yeah those guys are uh pretty special couple of guys and um you know living with morgan early on taught me so much about um you know the hit probably probably a bit more discipline in the sport and and how much maturity he he takes with him um you know through everything he does and how he's probably the has the the most impressive maybe maybe up there with mario routine routine on the team and um has a lot of maturity and discipline to stick with that and and i i adopted um a lot of that early early days living with morgan and and you know in in terms of sleeping and and fueling and um just having a a better a better routine um when you're living this kind of lifestyle and and you know, i have I have Morgan to thank for a, a huge amount of that and and for ollie, i think um especially early on he was you know he was the training partner who was at the highest level um that I'd had the you know the the pleasure to train with and and just taught me a huge amount about um about belief and 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 the grit he shows in training and just believing that you that you belong um on the highest level in the sport and i think ollie showed that immensely early days on the team kind of he he set the bar for the OEC in in those um in that first year two years Um, you know he was competing at the highest level and and showing that he belonged and he he, he believed that he did and, and he showed that you know if you you act like it you train like it um and you race as if you are one of those guys at the top of the sport then um then you can then you can make it and now and now we have you know half a dozen um if not you know more more on the team more people at that that level um and i think ollie ollie kind of set that up um for all of us early on, so yeah kudos to kudos to him so yeah, just wanted to share that while those – well those guys aren't uh aren't on the pod, so um yeah, and then other than that, um in terms of in terms of getting to, to that level um of the sport and 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 kind of making that making that jump from you know, the college level or the the elite level, but um not at I don't know, whatever, whatever it is at at the top kind of world-class level. Um, I, I thought I would share some of the things, um, that I, that I do now that, are you know, different from, from what I used to do in college and I'm not, um, advising or condemning either, either what I was doing then or what I was doing now, um, But just thought I'd I'd let you guys know a couple of the the things that have changed from from kind of when I was in college, in the college level to um to the level I'm running at now, and um, so many things obviously have not changed. It's you know it's running, it's it's still training, it's it's still a lot of the same things, but um, I think top top three things probably that i do differently um than than in college um going back to to what i learned from morgan definitely um is sleeping is is one of those those big ones that they coaches and you know people always tell you um how important that is but i always struggle with it in in college with you know classes and and homework and um I was always the the kind of person to stay up, you know, leave homework till after after dinner, and and just do it until it was done, and um, whatever whatever that whatever time that meant, I was going to sleep. And then you know, if there's an eight am class, you know, you got to be up and run and running before that. So, um, just looking back, I I can tell that my sleep quality was um, was pretty average when i was when i was running in, uh, at nau and i remember learning that the biggest way was when i was on my engineering capstone i was on uh the steel bridge uh steel bridge competition team it's like a national kind of competition thing you build a model steel bridge not worth explaining on here <laughs> but any engineers will uh We'll possibly know what I'm talking about, but um, we're building that actually during, during the indoor season that I, that I won nationals somehow, so maybe that's not a good representation, but I remember after just after indoor nationals, kind of through March, April, we had to get it done by April, and we were spending big nights out at um, our workshop building this thing and I was getting, you know, maybe five or six hours sleep and then a few actual, essentially all-nighters towards the end um, in the gap between indoor and outdoor season and trying to train, getting ready for kind of first meet of the season at Brian Clay. And I remember how hard running got with, when, with bad sleep. I'm like getting to the track and I, I like, just wanted to lie down On the side of the track and i couldn't i couldn't complete a single workout for a couple of weeks there and just realizing how big of an effect um that that has was was crazy and learning in that in that fashion so um that's one of the biggest things i do now is is going to sleep way earlier and making a big point to to just make that your most important recovery tool um that that changed a lot um when and when I got to when I got to boulder and um and I think that's also like a misconception that you know pros are getting up you know professional lifestyle is is getting up super early and um and getting shit done then but it's actually more about you know we take morning mornings pretty easy so we can make the most of um sleeping hours and and then the other thing um, that I think is having a big surge at the moment is is fueling and, and eating, and that's definitely something that even just this season has changed so much for me. I think that's the biggest difference this season from any other is um, is fueling on runs and during workouts, and um, big part of that is uh, is the Morton products, but any any products will do it. Um, just taking in taking in carbs during workouts and long runs and kind of whenever you can um you know i used to think on a long run like a couple of sips of water was all good and um you know it didn't really matter if i was running for 80 or 90 minutes i just get it in afterwards and and similarly in workouts but you know now i essentially if anyone asks like if i get into that kind of conversation anyone asks how much you know what's the right amount um then I would you know, I would just say as much as you can get before you Yeah, just as much as you can without your stomach not handling it. <laughs> so whatever that is. Um and that's been that's been so huge, just this season especially. Like it's all about recovering for the next day and, and the next workout. Um not even not even just the run you're in. Like it makes such a big difference for the double that afternoon for the next day. Um just for the the week and the month of training and you know it's not any just given one any any one day. Um I would impl- implore people to to explore that um in a in a in a big way if you if you haven't already and and that goes outside of outside of training as well. Um I just try and eat way more than I used to and I think that's um just such a such an important piece of training at, at this level and you know often that means um you know if if in a big training block um you yeah know, i learned, learned the strategy from joe clicker you know a second a second dinner if that's a, a fast food burger then um then that's all good that's what you got to do if you if you need the extra calories the extra carbs Whatever it is um it's so hard to eat eat too much, so um those are just two big things that have have allowed me to to just train more and um and recovered so much better in, in the recent um kind of year or year or two um and yeah and and probably the last thing is a little bit more running running specific and um, you know, something I've kind of tried to be a student of the sport and, in the last few years and, and make the most of um, learning about um, how the body moves running as kind of – I was always the person um, essentially training the least at NAU and I um, equally now I still probably um, run the least amount on the team total um just total running volume probably um i'm I'm actually getting getting pretty close probably especially with the use of the boost but um you know being a student of, of the sport in terms of learning how to um make up the the training deficit to to other people and i think outside of that um just be be a more solid runner is was um kind of learning a, a bit about my own uh, running efficiency and and this ties in with we got a question um about cadence and and what that means um or how important we think that is but but i've made a big effort to um to to continue to adapt my my running and form and and try and get more efficient so that you know you can you can either train at the highest level and and still make the most of that fitness by being the most efficient or um if you have to train at a slightly lower level then being the most efficient runner on the team um that I am but trying to and continuing to to make an effort to to improve that then you can make those gains without having to run as much and and what i mean by that is making the most of essentially um like tendon and stiffness in your in your running efficiency where you can, you know, get get stored energy back from that instead of um having to to output it. And I and I used to to get get a little technical in a bit of my running history. I had like obviously major lower leg um issues and injuries um in college and, and before that. And I used to run super high up on my toes, um, super high up on the outside and just put a massive, essentially eccentric landing load through my post tibs and Achilles and shins, having to control that, um, that on the way down um, on every, on every stride. And I mean, I couldn't train much and I would get injured all the time and, So I continue to, and I've made just huge efforts to, to not, um, to not be landing so high up on, on my toes. And that's just something that's worked for me. And, um, just being, you know, the flatter your foot lands, the faster you can get it back up off, off the ground. And, um, you don't have to catch yourself on, on those tendons, um, so much and, and control that, that landing, which, um that combined with, you know, some, some strengthening further up has meant I basically never have uh sore calves or, or essentially any lower leg injuries any anymore, which is which is pretty crazy. Not wood again. Um but if anyone wants to hear more about that in, in a further episode or something, just um DM me and, and I can explain it better. But those are probably the three things um I would say have made, you know, a big difference to to getting me to the level where I'm at and essentially those three things don't actually do anything other than allow me to train more and at a higher level um which at the end of the day consistently training at a high level is is what gets you um what gets you improvements um in in the end anyway so um that's just a a few snippets on on kind of the the belief system at the moment and, and what's working and um and then i let ritz ritz deal with the rest of <laughs> the, the rest of the training and um and that's what we're going back for in in a couple of weeks um i think i'm running every day this week and maybe except one so kind of seven six to seven miles a day mostly um for the next week and i haven't looked any further than that but maybe back into some workouts by by the end of october and um yeah it's a it's a fun time of year to, to be heading back for and um yeah that that's uh that's george's monologue thanks for listening I hope you and en- hope you enjoyed the last uh three episodes something a bit different um and we'll all be we'll be back together as uh as soon as we can cheers